Hi, I'm Rob Shearman and welcome to Doctor Who's Line Is It Anyway, where everything's made up and neither script nor canon matters. Hello listeners, welcome to 2020 and welcome to Doctor Who's line, is it? Anyway, yes, we still have problems, unfortunately. Uh, These are going to be going on for a little while longer yet, so we thought we'd do the unthinkable and turn ourselves into a normal podcast. Doctor Who is back on the screens with Series 12, Jodie Whittaker is back as the Doctor, Bradley Walsh, Mandip Gill, Tosin Cole are back as the Companions, and it's all started off with Spyfall on New Year's Day. So we thought we'd review it. Whatever next? So, over to me and the others to do just that. So, first of all, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy <laughs> New Year! Happy New Year, everybody. Start as you mean to go on. <laughs> because this is 2020. It's a good job I haven't got a microphone near my arse because I just farted like a, a wandering buffalo as well. I'm so sorry, you can leave that in if you like. It's none of my business. I, I think it, it almost was your business, that's the problem. Yes, right. Yeah, uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, <laughs> and that's and that's it. Good night, everybody. <laughs> this episode will be mostly brought to you by my gaseous emissions. <laughs> <laughs> you missed me, haven't you, Tits? <laughs> I have missed you so much, Sixie. <laughs> right. Anyway, the purpose. And Miles of has our... lost control of this thread. <laughs> the purpose of our getting together today is to be a, a normal Doctor Who podcast as opposed to what we normally do. And basically, uh, to review what we've so far seen of season series 12, I mm-hmm. should say, Spyfall Part 1. So, I suggest that we all give our sort of immediate takes on what we what we thought about it, and then we'll look into it in a little more detail. So, uh, what did we all think? I really liked it. I mean, really liked Same it. Same here, yeah. I thought it was bloody brilliant. Uh, that's um, Sue? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I liked Jody's outfit a lot. Sue, who hasn't seen it? I liked her outfit a lot. Actually, because of the flashing, Randy has to preview everything for me, and then I, t- I have to take a look at it. And unfortunately, due to the trailer, I knew there was going to be some flashing. Yes, I've heard you do a lot of flashing. And um, yeah, some strobing and, was, and stuff. Heavy contrast stuff, wasn't it, as well for you? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've you've seen you've seen some relevant bits of it. Mm-hmm. I've seen the, yes, I have seen the relevant bits. So when we get to that point, then I will voice my opinion on the relevant bits. But yes. mm, mm, nice bits. Mm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes, well, I am. Um, I'm saying nothing. I'm, I don't want to lower the tone. <laughs> Again. Um, <laughs> what do you mean again? 
You would have had it eight or the, at least eight or the belching, so... <laughs> no, no, the, the belching normally gets edited in rather than out. So. Oh, good. Unfortunately, like, is anybody going to... Oh, my goodness, what... Oh, I, I will keep my bits nice and clean. <laughs> Just in case anybody You should always listens. keep your bits nice and clean. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most definitely. You say cleanliness is next to godliness. Yes, mm-hmm. only in an Irish dictionary. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so yes, I was also uh, quite partial to it. I have to say, I thought it was very good, and and I think you know, based on what did you think of the Doctor Who episode? Based on what we saw from the trailer, which I did get very much enthused about, this very much seems to be carrying on from that. It, it's giving us what it what it said it was going to give us, basically, which is yeah, it did. It did sort of promise rather a lot, and it did deliver. It did. Action, mm-hmm. action jeopardy, globe-trotting, looked glorious. The spy stuff, the Bond... And surprises. The Bond feel. And surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, a, and, a, and a, a, a massive surprise. A very, very massive surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we doing spoilers? Well, I, I think, realistically, if people are listening to a review podcast about uh, a, a, an episode that was on a few days ago logically they should have seen that episode so i don't yeah <laughs> i think we can we shall we'll stay clear of 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 spoilers for anything that might be upcoming but anything that was in the episode i think is fair game to talk about yeah well my whole take throughout it was uh that the um things you know the glowy things coming through the yes. dimension with the, uh, the oh it's going to be they're, well it's obvious they're cybermen oh, it's obvious they're cybermen and then Oh shit! It's uh, it's the master. <laughs> Indeed, that was that mm-hmm. was kind of a, a really good curveball. Yeah, and, um, and I really yeah. like the way that the the reveal came not as the episode mm-hmm. conclusion. It came a few minutes beforehand, so that it, mm-hmm. it caught everybody unawares because nobody was expecting anything particularly significant to come from that bit. Yeah, and how nice to see the master disguising himself as basically a normal person for a change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As opposed to yeah. a scarecrow or a wizard. <laughs> the or... president or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eight million versions of himself. Yeah. I suppose it, it's closest to to Saxon, where he wasn't really in disguise. He was just... Uh, well, he wasn't really in disguise here, I suppose. He just took on another identity. So a bit more yeah. Del, mm-hmm. Delgado-like in the fact that when it, when it was like Magister yeah. and yeah. and other characters that, that he, he played as himself. Mm. And yes, and, and also good to see that absolutely no explanation was made as to how he survived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. Or indeed whether he is uh, pre or post Missy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, it could be anywhere Ooh. within Master's time frame. Yeah, he could fall anywhere in the timeline, so it's pretty. It, I like the fact that that's like open to speculation and interpretation mm. because there's so many directions that they could take that story now uh-huh. and weave that into the in with the doctor's story yes i mean theoretically he could be post ainley well obviously he's post ainley but he could be immediately post he could be he could be pre ainley you don't yeah. you honestly don't yeah. know really but i think we have to logically assume that uh that the, that this version is is post any of the classic series Class- and masters yeah, mm-hmm. I, would thought, I, yeah. would, I would think so and you know and probably post john sim i would say mm-hmm. but it's whether it's between the sim master and the missy mistress or, or whether it's uh, whether it's after after those two because let's face it the master always finds a way to survive doesn't he mm-hmm. yeah. so 
But I thought that was just a really clever little bit of writing to just keep that mystery and intrigue in there. Well, it was it so. wasn't really even mystery and intrigue, was it? He was just he was introduced yeah. as this other character, O. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a likable um, character too. And a likable character. Yeah. In in a similar way to John Sim in World Enough in Time. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, it was a it was a likable character, except without obviously any any proper disguise, just just coming in as a new mm-hmm. version, which obviously makes disguise unnecessary, because we don't know uh, up until up until the reveal anyway. Yeah. You know, and the fact that that this is a, a somebody that the Doctor is supposedly briefly encountered prior to this mm-hmm. as mentioned um, yeah. and obviously had had no idea so mm. but it, it leads to a lot of a lot of questions as to you know obviously the masters is in league with these alien things whatever they are we don't know yet mm-hmm. and they're quite menacing aren't they yeah they're right they are rather good yeah it's a very, it's a very good new monster because I, what I particularly like is the fact that we haven't actually really seen them Mm-hmm. And that always works best, I think, with any new monster. Is that if you don't get a proper look at it, you know, it, it retains a lot of the mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of speculation flying around on Twitter that they could be the things mm-hmm. from Torchwood to the Vardens yeah. to do anything. Yeah, and I like that. They could be the Time Lords from a different universe. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. there's even a theory that Lenny. Um, Lenny Henry's also the master, so that it could be a double O story. I have wondered. Oh. I have wondered that. I did wonder that because obviously, uh, was it called Barton? His character, Daniel Barton. Uh, Barton, yeah. Um, Barton, yeah. He was on the plane. Yes, he was. Yeah. And then after the reveal, he's not on the plane. That's true. Yeah. He's the pilot. So has yeah. he? Has he? Has he either been transported off, or you know, and he seemed to be running the running mm. the show. Mm. So. Yeah, is it is it a double master story with two new masters? Now that would be a fascinating idea. Yeah, I'm I'm also wondering if um, the twist that the doctors told that everything she knows is a lie. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if it's going to turn out that they're brothers, a brother and sister. I keep forgetting she's a female now. Hmm. Yeah, well, that was what was supposedly going to be happening in John Pertwee's final story, had Roger Delgado not been killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, re- oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes, was, there was, the Doctor's final story was going to be a um, a story in which the Master ended up saving his life and then was revealed to be his brother. I did not know that. Which I think, upon reflection, was probably just as well that that didn't happen I don't think mm-hmm. it's necessary to tie things in like that all the time in a neat little bow oh look they just have no, to be brother and sister all the time I think it's far better to just leave it as it was you know they were they kind of grew up together they were friends they went in completely different directions they've become mortal enemies but they still like each other and there's mm. this weird sort of can't live with them, can't live without them kind of style of relationship that they've frenemies. got. Frenemies. Frenemies. Yeah. Frenemies. <laughs> no, oh, no, that 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 brings me to a point that one thing has got to bloody go, and that's this whole fam, fam. and gang shit. Yeah. <laughs> that has got to go straight in the sea. Yeah, I can't say I'm I'm keen on the uh, on the whole fam thing. No. It strikes me too much as sort of trying to be down with the kids. Yeah, and it doesn't work. Yeah. And and stuff like that invariably dates very easily. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm But not, I like I'm it. 
she speaks. <laughs> you know what? Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine Bill Hartnell? Getting me tired, isn't it, blood? <laughs> of, of, of any of of any of the actors to have played the part, I think he's the least likely to have said that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a jelly baby, my homie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why these are all black actors. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I just don't know any other street talk. <laughs> well, to be to be fair, certainly in the UK, that that kids talking street do tend to put on the sort of the Afro Caribbean accent. Yeah, they do. They? Yeah. So it, that you're not necessarily mimicking somebody of a different colour, <laughs> just <laughs> just to try and steer this away. Although this is one relevant relevant thing, there was a thing that I saw on Twitter the other day that that somebody had posted, which is basically the bigoted section of the community jumping down the the throats of the the the, the, the Doctor Who has gone to PC. It's, uh, there's, there's... Oh, I was angry at that whole crap. Oh, oh my there's god! A, there's a, cer- there's mm-hmm. a certain YouTube user, and his comments. Uh, well, his his uh, whole shtick is that this is not his doctor, but um, his entire comments feed on one of his video review of this episode was just filled with racist crap about Sasha Dowan. Mm. Yeah. Playing the master. Well, there's obviously there's him. We've got Lenny Henry as in is in, in, in a major part. We've got two companions of of ethnic origin. Now we have a female doctor, you know. Yeah. And and he's 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 claiming, or people are claiming that the diversity thing has now gone too far. Yeah. Um, well, I got I got a um a load of to which my argument would be, just try checking out the Philip Hinchcliffe era. Where you barely see a woman, you certainly don't. You know, I don't think you see any black people or anyone of of of, um, mm-hmm. of, of colour, with the exception of John Bennett, who dresses up as a Chinaman in um, oh, yeah. in the Talons of Wang Chiang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I have no issues with any of this. This is what we grew up with at the time. It's only in recent years that this has become an issue. Clearly, if it was done now, it wouldn't be done that way. That's how it was done then. It doesn't detract from the story. It's not offensive. It's not done in an offensive way. And it is, and it is representative of our country. I mean, we are mm-hmm. a, a, a very mixed nation. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming America is as well. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, a, a lot of Asian yeah. families, a lot of black families, mm-hmm. a lot of gay families, and yeah. you know that should be represented. Absolutely. I absolutely love the idea of the diversity. Yes, I'm sorry. Hello. Hello, Sue. And she's got and she's gone. So. Hello. You were saying You absolutely what, my dear? Uh, hold on a second. Yeah. I'm there. I'm here. Are you are you stoned? <laughs> Can you hear me? I'm trying to have a conversation with a tortoise. <laughs> Shall I continue? Can you hear me? We yeah. can hear you. We just yeah. can't understand you. Yeah. <laughs> you started to say something about diversity in the United States, Sue. Okay, can you hear me now? We could yes. hear you yes, before. Yes, we could hear you now. Okay. Yes, you were about to say something, and we didn't quite get to the end of what you were going to say. 
I said I absolutely love the diversity. I just think it's beautiful, and I think that the whole bigoted thing is a real bad, bad, a bad mark on the Doctor Who community. It's, it's just unbelievable that that would come out it that is. way. It is. It's a real stain on fandom. It, yeah. it is. And that yeah. somebody would come out and say, well, I don't see, I'm counting white people. What? You're doing what? During the episode, you're counting white people? Is that what you're watching? I thought... Yeah, uh, well, I got I got into an argument with one of these halfwits on Twitter who um, I, I sort of accused the not my doctor lot of being racist, and this idiot said, "Well, prove it." So I sent him a whole bunch of screenshots, and he blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's one of him calling. Yeah. Here's one of someone calling them the N word. Here's one of the P word. Uh, here's one of someone using homophobic slurs. Here's one of another. Here's one of uh, uh, oh, blocked. Yeah, funny. Funny how when you point out the truth, you know, yeah, you get blocked. I think that this is that yeah. this is not. We we should we should point out that this is not something that we are leveling at fandom in general because I think this yeah. is no. as per as per usual no. with this kind of thing. This is a, a relatively, I think, small percentage yes. of what's going on. And this is something which is going on across the board. This is not just Doctor Who fandom. This is a society no. problem. It's a, it's a social problem. Yeah. And let's, let's be honest, we, we, we faced this issue only in the last series, didn't we, with Rosa? Yeah. Yes. Exactly yeah. that thing. But it's As I said to this fuckwit, I said, you basically, not my doctor group, is now down to six people. And he said, well, that's not true. There's loads of us. And I said, yes, that obviously is true by the 18 followers you have on Twitter. <laughs> so there aren't, there aren't that many of them. They are not representative of the no. rest of us. No, no, The problem is, and though, with, with, w- the, with these little groups is they're incredibly vocal. And mm. they make more noise than the size would, than they should is for, for their, given their size. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you end up, you know, you end up tripping over them whether you wanted to or not, just because yeah. they're out there and they gotta stick their nose in and you know and make that and make all this no- this noise. And it's just like. Yeah. And the media in this country will actively go out and look for their comments so that they can say, "Well, isn't Doctor Who terrible? Isn't it a PC disaster?" And blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know, I'm just so thrilled to see the group of people that they have. I mean, I I've loved pretty much all of it. Uh, the whole the whole it doesn't make a difference. But this particular group is amazing as far as the different textures that they bring to Doctor Who. Without yeah yeah to have the female Doctor, to have the disabled person, to have I mean just all these different textures that they bring, and they don't focus on that. They don't sit there and say, okay, Ryan has a problem. Mm. He's tripping all over himself. They don't even focus on that. It's just Hey, boom! This person does this. This person does that. This per—it isn't pointed out what it is. It's just the textures that come through, and the voices that come through. It's just beautiful, and it has been beautiful in the past. As you know, I've loved uh, pretty much all of them, so it, it doesn't make a difference from Hartnell all the way through. I think when, once you get invested in the in the story, you look at them as as people. Which is basically what yes. they are, exactly mm-hmm. what they are. You know, I've, I have, to, uh, you know, I'll put my hand up and say, before Jodie took the part, I wasn't keen on the idea of a female doctor. I didn't see uh, a need for it. I wasn't necessarily looking forward to it as such. I'm completely fine, fine with it. I'm not. I'm not. I was never against it per se. I just wasn't particularly for it. I was but, never. I was never sold on it either. No, um, just simply because uh, you know the. the if a character has always been one way and there's never been any reason 
for that changing then I didn't really see a reason for it changing you know now we have a female doctor okay I accept that that's the case it's something that can happen at any point in the future the doctor can change sex from one way one way and the other way the master can change sex Susan the Rani any of them you know this can happen to as long as there's somebody decent playing the part yeah and it's done in the spirit the spirit of the show mm-hmm. then then that's fine yeah um, but but you know by the same token you know I don't look as 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 Ryan as a black guy I don't look at as as Yaz as an Asian woman no. I look at them as the characters and that's the way of mm-hmm. society that we should be we should be operating we shouldn't be looking at people and seeing immediately the differences that they have from us we should be looking at them and seeing them as just just another person mm. as a reflection oh. of us yeah of, of yeah. our society mm-hmm. yeah as a reflection of the society ultimately all you know if you remove the outer layer you can't tell any of us apart. Exactly. And this is supposed to be about a program about a whole universe of different species, and we we all sort of readily mm-hmm. accept that there are, are sort of green aliens wandering around and things that run around on wheels and Cybermen and God knows what else. But heaven forfend a person of colour. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of so different. Yeah. Well, this is. I think this is one of the reasons why why Rosa was such was such a powerful episode, because mm-hmm. you actually felt that I think probably through the entire season, that the most threat that the Doctor actually faced that year was when they were back in 1950s America, and it was the the racists and the bigots. Uh, and the people who just would not tolerate somebody who was different to themselves, mm-hmm. and they were yeah. the most dangerous foe mm-hmm. of the entire the entire series. It was us. Yeah, it was us yeah. in our it most was us. in our most natural form, if you like. And again, in demons of the Punjab, it was yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. To, to turn around and say, who are the demons? The demons definitely weren't weren't the Fajarans. It was us. Yeah, yeah. It was the people. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, we're the demons. Uh, the Witchfinders. And as in well. Rosa, yes, in Witchfinders. You know, that was that was another mm-hmm. another form of form of prejudice again that was coming yes. through. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, so we you know we and the weird thing that one of the things one of the panels I went to was discussing whether or not this past season, if they liked it, oh, there were too much, it was too slow, there were too many historicals, there were too many this, there were too many that. And they and there, it was reflected throughout the room, it was just too much of the historical, they should have gone more in, in the, the vein of what Matt Smith was and blah, blah, blah. And I raised my hand and I said, I loved it. And they all turned around and looked at me like, whoa, there's one person. I said... I absolutely love this season because a it wasn't about flashbangs. It wasn't about me having to hide because I am a disabled person with epilepsy. I could watch these shows. B it showed that the most dangerous person, the most dangerous thing in the universe was us. Mm. And I said those two historicals were so good and so oh but they were slow. And no, they allowed the story to evolve. Go back and watch the first the very first doctor. They evolved, they evolved the story. They let the story move and evolve. They, it didn't require somebody running his mouth at, you know, 200 miles an hour yeah, I mean, or flashbangs. You look at a story like Ambassadors of Death, that's widely criticised as being one of the mm-hmm. slowest stories imaginable. I absolutely love it. Yeah, that colony in space. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. I think they're great stories because they just really build on what's actually happening and the characters around. Exactly. They built it's, on. It's the- basically, they, 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 these stories reflect the time in which they were made. I think the problem these days is that 
is that the people who make television work on the assumption that that people have no attention span. Yes. You know, you only need to look at, you know, particularly in the UK, programmes which have commercials in the middle of them on the commercial channels, ITV, Channel Four, Channel Five. That how many times a programme will go to a break, particularly if it's any sort of variety programme, and it comes back before it goes to the break, it'll tell you what's coming up after the break, and after the after the commercials have happened. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you what happened in the previous bit, as if you can't remember yeah. what happened three minutes ah. ago, mm -hmm. or, yeah. you, or yes. you haven't got the attention span to think. Oh well, there's there's three minutes until this comes on again. I might go. I'll go off and watch something else then, and I might not come back. You know, I think that I think that that's insulting the intelligence of the audience. Mm. I think that, yeah. mm -hmm. and when we've seen these particularly good dramas, and I'm talking about things like Broadchurch and The Bodyguard mm -hmm. and all of these these fantastic dramas that that, that come up um, on both channels over here, uh, they 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 don't tend to be, you know, flashbang wallop, hundred miles an hour things. They they are things that have more of a room to actually breathe and to allow mm -hmm. you to get to know the characters. And I like the fact that you know we've had that with with this with this story. This has been a fast paced a fast paced mm -hmm. first part. I mean, it was an hour just an hour and five minutes, so it's a long episode. It was the equivalent of three parts of the original show, and it rattled by at a fair old rate. But yeah. we got to know everybody. We got character moments. We got lovely mm -hmm. little bits with Yaz and with Ryan, um, with with O, with the master, with 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 Daniel, with C, with all of the characters, you know, they were all in it I f in fact, possibly the one person who didn't really get much of a chance to, to actually ha have his moment in the spotlight was was Graham this time and you could argue that, well, you know he had the majority of the mm -hmm. stuff that the companions dealt with last year mm -hmm. um, but even then you know, there was still stuff for him him to do he still had his little moments to shine yeah and i think it was a very good a very good balance between yeah. between yeah, the, the pace of the story and actually giving it some 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 chance mm -hmm. to actually build properly mm -hmm. yeah and that's the thing is so many you know in so many things today we don't look at we look at everything as cgi and special effects instead of yes development of the story and the and and the mm -hmm. focus on the writing and the storytelling we let the effects do the heavy lifting instead of letting the characters and the story unfold. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated the fact that this... You, you saw that Chibnall knows what he's doing when he's telling a story. Mm -hmm. Yes, which I think he needed to do. I think he needed to do after the complaints that, that he had from last yeah, year. Yeah, he needed to show that. He needed to show that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that this is this is a case of, you know, he wanted last year to, to reboot the show, to, to not alienate new viewers, to try and bring new viewers in, so to not rely too much on continuity and things that had gone on in the past, and we didn't get very much of that. You know, it was it was up until resolution when we actually had a recurring adversary. Unless you count Tim Shaw, obviously, who appeared in the first and the last part of the series. Yeah. But nothing from from the from the past came back no. until the Dalek appeared in resolution. Mm -hmm. And now, immediately, we've got the Master in the first part of, and obviously both parts of this story. We know we've got other recurring monsters and adversaries and things coming back later on in the series. So clearly, that first year that Chibnall had was one of settling in, trying to catch a particular audience, maybe, and then to introduce them bit by bit to the things that had gone on now. And he's he's shown, uh, 
you know, I was I was reasonably critical of of the stories that he produced last year. I didn't think that they they necessarily hit the mark all the time. I tended to find that the better stories last year were the ones written by other people. Yeah. And you know, for the showrunner, you would expect that they would be producing at least one of the top stories of that series each time. You know, Russell T. Davis invariably came up with one of the best stories. Stephen Moffat always came up with one of the best stories, if not the best story, each time. And you would expect the same thing to be true for, for Chris Chibnall. And I think the way he started series twelve has shown that you know he is up to the he is up to the task. Now let's just hope he can mm-hmm. keep it going. But yeah. I think he has mm-hmm. he has gone some way towards answering his critics with this because this has been a very very strong start. I feel. Well, without, yeah, without, but that, what yeah. I think is neat is that he he allowed other people. I mean, in the first up in the first season, he allowed other people to really shine, and there were people that were um, that had written many things. But I think Demons, I think that was his first time for Doctor Who. Vinay Patel. And I think he may. Vinay Patel, and I think he may be writing one this season as well. He is. He's one of the. He's one of the reter- the recurring yeah. writers. Mm-hmm. Pete McTie is another one. And he, yeah. So I'm very, I'm very excited about that. That he, that yes, I'm. I could tell a good story, but watch this. And it's almost yeah. like I could tell a story, but I can bring people in that can tell stories that'll knock your socks off. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. used a lot of sil- A lot of these people used a lot of silence. Even in the reveal, because that's what I saw, they used silence for both the doctor and the master to get across a huge amount of emotion. And it was like, because in the silence is where the emotions are. Of course, yes. Because you had that... um, And it's just, it was beautiful. You had the, the, you know, the initial thing with, oh as we would call him, because that's what he was at the time, saying, oh, I'm sorry, I was never very good at running. And then the first little thing coming in about, but you were a champion sprinter. Yes. Immediately then at that point, Mm -hmm. you sense there's something going on. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then the master just pauses and then just very quietly, you got me. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, whoa, something's definitely going on here. And, you know, I'd, I'd been wondering before that, for no particular reason, whether this character, this O character, was going to be exactly what we thought they were going to be. Not thinking it was it was the master necessarily, like that, but just you know we've heard about double agents and spies. There's always you never know which which necessarily which side a spy mm-hmm. is on anyway. So is this is this character that's set up to be the one that we think is 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 the good guy? Is he actually the one who's behind it all? Which obviously turned out to be the case. Not thinking that mm-hmm. it was the, the character it was going to be, but just was this particular person going to be more than they th- more than they seemed? And so that that moment when the reveal started to happen, it's like, oh, hello! And you 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 find yourself sitting up in your chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As in, why? What's this going to be? And just the way he did it, it was beautiful. And that line. And the brilliant bit, the the, the brilliant bit where he said, "I did ask you who was the spy master, or should I say, who was mm-hmm. the spy master?" Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that, that that's, great. that's the point where you just thought, oh my God, they've actually done it. They have done it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love his, when she says, oh, and he says, yes, I chose that name <laughs> just for this reason. And it's yeah. like, just so, oh. oh, yes, that's right. Because <laughs> everybody is going, oh, and they're all saying, I mean, think about it. Think about the, uh, the country saying at the same time to their television, Oh, 
exactly at the same time I was like you know that was brilliant I was just brilliant <laughs> A it was brilliant in the show but every single person watching this show is going oh <laughs> you know, there, ha- there have been over the years some brilliant reveals for the master mm-hmm. I, th- I think you know going back to the original show I think Castro Valva was a, was, a, was a good one when he was playing the Portrieve Mm-hmm. Yes, I, ge- I genuinely oh, yeah. didn't know that was him at the time. No. I had no idea. No, I think subsequently no. it was a little bit more obvious as time went on. But that was a good yeah. one. T- time, time flight was a, an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but obviously the Derek Jacobi reveal to being the master was mm-hmm. was probably still the best one yet. I think yeah. the way that that was done and the way that ja- that Jacobi changed character with almost just his eyes was incredible yeah i think the the john sim reveal in world enough in time was absolutely magnificent mm-hmm. as well so when they do it right that reveal of the, the this is the master really packs a punch and that's what they've managed to do this time yeah but that... they've they've sort of they've completely sideswiped us because you wouldn't expect in the very first story three quarters of the way just over three quarters of the way through the, the episode that suddenly they were going to come up and do that no mm-hmm. you know and the way that the character was so likable and so sympathetic beforehand so unlike not necessarily unlike the master because obviously the master was certainly in the Roger Delgado incarnation was always likable as well as having that evil side but this was a very sympathetic character it was more like your Professor Yana style character you know that that, uh, Derek Jacobi played before he remembered he was the master Mm -hmm. people have also said that oh well the master wouldn't disguise himself as just this sort of recluse and this this person who wasn't really that important but I I don't know I think the master has shown many many times that he can can play the long game well that's toffee I mean, the, the the master disguised disguised himself as a vicar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in the demons, and I mean that that's one of the finest Doctor Who stories ever made, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we're all in agreement then that they've definitely done the right thing regarding bringing the master back. Who they've chosen to play it, I know Sue's particularly partial mm-hmm. to this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the way his eyes changed. Just like you said about Jacoby, his eyes went from, I'm sweet, I'm sweetness and light, look at me, I'm happy, happy, clapping his hands, he turns around and he just went dark. Mm. And it was like, yeah, yeah. oh, look at his eyes. And I thought, I said, that is amazing. <laughs> this actor is amazing. And he's hot. So I was a happy little girl. <laughs> and how cool is it that the master is Warris Hussein? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah. That's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sasha Darwin's obviously proven himself, you know, many times. Uh, and as 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 he's saying in Adventure in Space and Time, he was he was very very good, mm-hmm. you know. And he's he's kept that up definitely mm-hmm. through through yeah. this. He's done a he's done a sterling job, I think. So find me someone who wasn't good in an Adventure in Space and Time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you seen his his retrospect of all the masters coming up to himself? No, I've got I it. I thought bu- there was a euphemism for a minute. Uh, it was on Twitter. <laughs> I've got it bookmarked uh, in my Twitter to watch, but I haven't actually got around to watching it yet. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, that's very, very nice. And I'll put it this way. It's awesome, and it's awesome. But no, it's awesome. <laughs> 
It really is good. It's very, the retrospect is perfect going right up to himself. Hey, if you have a link to that suit, post it in the messenger to me. Darren, if you have one, then you can link it because I just saw it on Twitter. I happened to fly past it, but it could it would it may be on his Twitter feed. Uh, yeah, it's, it's on his own Twitter account. Which, of course, I haven't followed yet, but I definitely will be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's possibly close to the mark. <laughs> no, no, no. no <laughs> From afar. <laughs> Far, far away. Stalking is when you're like sitting on the porch and he comes home from work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's no way the porch thing is happening. Uh-uh. Mm. <laughs> so just moving on then to some of the other characters briefly because we don't have a, a, a massive amount of time left. Mm-hmm. Let's take the, uh, the the two main guest stars apart from apart from Sasha, obviously, in this. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Fry as C. What did we think of him? Yeah. I was really surprised that he didn't have a larger role to play. Yes, it's one of yeah. one of those. But I think yes, you know the fact that he he, he came, wasn't in it very long, and his character wasn't really that significant to the story. Yeah, well, he came in as a as a pro, what looked like was going to be a prominent character, and I think yeah. that's what made his his very swift demise all the more shocking. Mm-hmm. Because I think we're expecting True. him to be in the entire yeah, story. Would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pe- do um, people really die in Doctor Who? Come on, you never know. He may be bad. He may oh, be here, bad. Here's, here's a curve. Here's a curveball for you. What if he is also the master? Oh. <laughs> There's three of them, well, and he comes back in part two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it in in um, Dan Freeman's story? He's a Time Lord. Shout out to Dan. Okay, so um, so Steve and everybody's sitting there going, "Who's Dan Freeman?" <laughs> Robin, Robin, <laughs> Minister of Chance. Oh, I, I'm just saying, everybody, not me. I know who he is. In the minister, what is it? The death comes to time. Is that that's the? Yeah, yeah death comes. To, death comes to time. I think is the name of the um, yes. when Stephen was a Time Lord. Yes. Yes. So you never know. Never know. Never know. <laughs> you never. You never know. You never know anything in Doctor Who for sure, do you? Let's be honest. Very true. Um, and and Lenny Henry, obviously, as Daniel Barton. Uh, I, I, yeah, most intriguing character. Yes, I mean, obviously, both of these two are renowned for their comedy chops, if you like. Both of them have also done significant other acting roles of a of a more serious nature, and I think both of them showed again uh, in this episode that they were more than capable of pulling off the serious stuff Yeah. and yes it would be intriguing would it not if Lenny Henry did turn out to be yet another incarnation of the master because you could see that and he's, and he's got the beard <laughs> yeah well no, and that, that could work actually because if he that would explain how the pilot disappeared yeah yeah. Because Sasha Dewan showed the matchbox with the tissue compressed body that he yes. was the person that he took his place. Yes. So he may have just migrated from Lenny Henry's body to Sasha Dewan's body. Well, yes. I mean, we've, you know, the, the master. That explains where Lenny Henry went. So many times over the years, the master has found different ways of surviving, and we don't mm-hmm. know quite what he's actually capable of doing, really, now. Yeah. But there was that bit about him only being uh, 93% human, so. Yes. I don't know. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. Well, chameleon arch. I beg your pardon. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, but that's intriguing. That's it. That is intriguing. That that seven percent thing. There's clearly there's something going on there, isn't there? And it also, is there any significance to that thing in Daniel's office? That little figure that they that they mentioned that that Ryan went and had a look at. Like 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 almost little stickman figure. That three D stickman figure in a box that was turning around. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to go back and look for that scene. Is there some significance to that? Or is that just thrown in as a, something to distract us, to make us think it's important and it turns out not to be? Hmm. We shall find out. Mm. We shall find out. Yes, in, that. in part two. And in fact, by the time the listeners actually hear this, they will know the answers to this because this is, this is going <laughs> yes. out after part two. So we'll have to reconvene to give our, our opinions on what happens in the, in the second part of the story. But one last thing then before we, before we do finish this particular episode is how do we feel the companions were served the companions and the doctor were served in this story because we've not really mentioned them at all we focus very much obviously on the master for obvious reasons um, um do we think it was a good start for jodie in her second series did she seem doctorish did she seem more doctorish than last year were you happy with the way she dealt with things did she do what we think the doctor should do yeah i mean i like her a lot i think she's fantastic i do i do mm. think she does lack a little bit of gravitas an authority but i mm-hmm. i do like her companion wise I, th- I really think we need to work on yaz there's been i think there's been some signs of that i knew you were going to hit yaz <laughs> i think but yeah but i think I, I i believe this is part of the plan for this year is is to give yaz a bit more to do because she was woefully um neglected last year really well in the last yeah. season she may as well have yeah. been a coffee table for a lot of it unfortunately <laughs> you know <laughs> Ryan and Graham had their their little arc running. Graham was particularly strong, mm-hmm. and obviously Ryan the, the dyspraxia thing, and and then the relationship with his grandfather as well. Um, that took up a, a lot of the the character side of of last season, which obviously yeah. now has been dealt with. So there is more room for for other things. But I do feel that that you know Yaz was given more to do. I think quite clearly when it was. Yaz and Ryan did, going off. Uh, she did get a lot to do in Demons of the Punjab, which uh, showed what... Well, she got some mm-hmm. to do in Demons of the Punjab when it started off, first of all, and then kind of faded into the background as soon as the yeah. as soon as soon they actually arrived there, really. But it certainly showed that she's got some acting chops. Oh, she's capable of doing the job, absolutely. She's just not yeah. been given the material to do the job. That's, that's the thing. But I do think that this time, you know, with the, the, the team splitting into two... And uh, the Doctor and and uh, and Graham going off and doing one thing, and then Yaz and Ryan going off and doing another thing, and she seemed to take the lead with that, presumably using her mm-hmm. her police training. Not, of course, that she is a policeman. Nobody really believes that she's a policeman, do they? See, <laughs> she's a chef, a policeman. She's not a chef. Uh, I can't. I can't remember what else she is. Oh, she works with arachnids. Um, <laughs> she did something with pizzas too. She, Yep, she was a pizza shop. Pizza. She something like that. She does not, absolutely does not specialize in dust. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's it, a lot of it has to do too with the size of the TARDIS team with Jody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to write three companions and give everybody something to do. And we saw that a little bit with Tom Baker when he had Adric and Tegan and Nyssa, and we saw that again when we had the fifth Doctor, and he almost always had a team of three. Yeah. Yeah. Had, and typically, they would be split up, somebody would be... Asleep. And somebody would be written out of the scene. Somebody's yeah. asleep for one episode, somebody's, you know, kidnapped and stuck in a jail cell somewhere. Yeah. And, you, it, and I think it's really tough to balance all of them at one time. I think they definitely did struggle a bit with that in the Davison era. But if you look yeah. back to the mm-hmm. original TARDIS crew, there were four of them. The Doctor, his granddaughter and the two and the two companions. 
and then Susan left and Vicky took over. I think that was the only time it really, really gelled. As and then you had um, yes. you had Ben, Polly, and Jamie, didn't you, for several stories as well? Yeah. So you you know there yeah. have been four companions at various different times through throughout and whilst obviously it is harder to split the focus between more characters it's not impossible and when it's done well it works well and and i think that this is again going back to this episode i think the fact that everybody was given something to do you know graham was the one who was possibly sidelined a little bit on this so far but, but obviously, mm-hmm. it's, it's but we it's see it's a two-parter. It's a much longer story too, so you we don't know whether Graham has more to do mm-hmm. in the second half yeah. than yeah. he did in this first half. And it's yeah. it's much easier to do various things with different characters in a seven-part story like the Daleks than is a, than it is a forty-five-minute episode. Yeah, and yeah. you know that that classic thing of well, let's split the four into two lots of two and then you've got one pair, and then you've got another pair. So you just need to find something for each pair to mm-hmm. do, and then you can split yeah. the roles between them in that way. So, so mm-hmm. which is, you know, why it's surprising that that wasn't the way that it was generally done more when there were the, the greater number of companions previously. Because, you know, it can work. You'll always get a situation where you you might want to focus on one more than the other, the other three, or the other two. And the Doctor, obviously, should always be prominent in whatever story they're in because you know it's the title character of the show mm. but it doesn't mean to say that you know you can't have a, a story that focuses more on Yaz or that focuses more on Graham or focuses more mm-hmm. on Brian and it would be nice if certainly if this year if we could see you know a, a bit more meat in the role as as we said previously for um for Yaz yeah and for Mandip Gill to show what she's capable of doing I agree I agree because uh, you know so I have to yeah. <laughs> because I have to do. <laughs> I, I would say the lead companion at the moment is is definitely Graham. Yes, Graham was from last year. I, I think I think Ryan's bubbling under there because they they keep yeah. coming back to him with he's he's the most every man I think of the of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So potentially for that, but Yaz with you know with particularly with the police training and it was nice to see that actually you know kind of focused on a little bit with this time with with, with yeah because the whole of the last season it seemed to be almost forgotten that she was a trainee cop yeah and it was it was brought in and you know Mm -hmm. oh you're on secondment yet again you know we can't keep doing this you know it's nice that that was actually brought up and mentioned and also ryan you know the fact that uh, he was uh, he'd supposedly had these various different illnesses and things and and that's why he hadn't been around so it's nice that this has been actually brought up the fact that people have noticed that they've not been around all the time that right it it does make one wonder why the doctor didn't just take them back to five minutes after they left can you imagine how old all the companions would be though if he did that with every one of them (laughs) 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 so just to uh, finish off then for for this particular episode we've got this cliffhanger the plane is plummeting out of the sky there's nobody on board the doctor has been transported onto what looks like the top of somebody's head <laughs> which well, it does, doesn't it? It looks like it looks like she's surrounded by very big hairs. It's like she's on, on top of somebody's head. Is it a very, very, very small person on somebody's head? What kind of heads are you looking at? I thought it looked more like a kelp forest and under, like underwater. The first thing that I that I thought was, yeah, if I you was... took if you took somebody and you shrunk them down to micro size and put them on top of somebody's head, hmm. those things yeah. sticking up would basically look like hairs. 
So yeah. I don't think that's what they've done, fairly obviously, but that's just that's what it means. No. If it is, it's going to be a shit story. Imagine <laughs> 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 if that's the payoff. No. I, I thought it looked like at least some of them were hanging down from above rather than sticking up from below. It's, a, it's an inter- the payoff is that they're on Donald Trump's head. It's an interesting set. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we've already had Yaz trapped in this thing and then mm-hmm. mysteriously swapped with the, the alien thing, whatever it was, and appearing in the box that, that was in the... Uh, in what we yeah, have to uh-huh. assume was the Master's TARDIS. And, uh, and now the Doctor's in the same predicament with no seemingly obvious way of getting out so any ideas as to how they might resolve this for once i genuinely haven't a clue mm. no i just it, hope it's not i just uh-uh. hope it's not done with a bloody sonic screwdriver i don't either i mean it's and that, a... uh, that's that's something i like to bring up i can't, I, um, see, I can't see there how was they a, can really with this there was an, a nice um nice little scene when they were try when uh, the doctor was trying to fix the creature coming through the dashboard in the car with the yeah. sonic and it didn't mm-hmm. work, and yeah. she had to actually improvise and do something doctory and grab the mirror yes. Yes. and use yeah. the mirror against them. I, li- I really like that. They need more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that I, yeah. I am sick of the Sonic, to be honest. Yeah, same. I here. think the problem with yeah. the Sonic is that obviously it was originally it was designed to be a useful way of opening doors. Yeah, and now it's a magic wand but more mm-hmm. than anything else. And now it's become a Harry Potter magic wand. Yeah. Yeah, and I know it's been it's been mentioned that when we first had mobile phones, all they could do was just make calls, and you could do a bit of texting. And now you've got more processing power in your mobile phone than they used to put man on the moon back in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. the same <laughs> thing basically applies with the sonic screwdriver. If you've got a tool that will do that, and you can adapt it to do other things, why wouldn't you do that? So it does kind of make sense yeah. from the just simply from yeah, the but... organic side of of how things would normally happen for that to be the case but, but it does a little yeah. too much as a plot device no. it's, yeah i agree yeah. with you darren it, it, they go oh. way too heavily reliant on it to do everything yeah, yeah. there's like, a reason why jnt oh. decided that he was going to do away with the sonic screwdriver because he felt it was just mm-hmm. too easy a get yeah. out for the doctor to do that and you know it's i hope that we do move away from that a little bit yes obviously it's it's there it's one of the the icons of the show and you have to have it there but you can you can but it's you can just it's not the same anymore step back well it would be an interesting twist if the doctor kept her screwdriver but it malfunctioned periodically yeah Mm. Just because she built it out, we'll stop and think about it. She built it out of scraps and bits that she scavenged. Yeah, she didn't mm-hmm. have a TARDIS hand it to her and say, "Here you go. Here's a new state-of-the-art Sonic." So it would also, you mm-hmm. know, when you build something from scratch out of bits and pieces, it makes sense that there are inherent flaws in there that are going to crop up at inconvenient times. Mm. Very true. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see some of those, some of those, something like that happen. I think if they that if was, they were going to do that, though, it would have made sense to have done it by now. Yeah. That was because um, and, it did sorry. it did an awful lot last year, and now suddenly it stopped working. Well, maybe yeah. she's worn out the batteries, you know. <laughs> yeah. How has the doctor worn out the batteries in his sonic screwdriver, Robin? What are you suggesting? I'm gonna stay off. I'm gonna. I'm not it's, saying a word. Not saying a word. It explains why it's that shape. Even a flashlight <laughs> needs a battery replacement every now and then. 
Yeah, you would go there, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I didn't say a word, you guys. You cannot point that at me. I'm not, po- I'm not pointing anything at I'm you. I'm not blaming you, Sue. I'm putting it all on the guys. Well, you know. <laughs> if it's doing what, we, what we're pur- pur- purporting it, it will do, I don't think we should be pointing it at you, Sue. There was another um, criticism that I picked up on from some idiot on Twitter. Oh, my God. Idiots. But they are idiots. Who was bitching and whining about the doctor working on the cables underneath the TARDIS while it was up on a ramp and saying, well, that can't happen because the TARDIS exists on an internal plane or in a different universe, blah, 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 hmm. blah. And uh, I said, look, the um, the third doctor took the whole fucking console yeah. out and floated about in time on the damn thing. <laughs> so, you know, what are you whining yeah. about? <laughs> Oddly, they blocked me as well. <laughs> Yeah. I seem to have been blocked by a lot of people and it's only the 3rd of July 3rd of July, 3rd of January <laughs> I love it you throw the truth at them then they can't take it <laughs> oh my god the future or the past one of the two Okay, so when this hits the uh, oh, yeah, go on. the airwaves, we're going to be getting lots of hey there, <laughs> yeah, lots of hey there. That's that's I think we can guarantee lots of hey there. A lot of so. instead of yeah. So there we go, listeners. That's our views on part one of Spyfall. Oh, well, we, we didn't have mentioned the music. I thought the music was particularly fitting. It was very James Bond esque, wasn't it? The, the incidental music was fantastic. Yeah. I still hate the theme tune. I've got to be honest. I think that's, oh, yes. that theme tune is <laughs> ghastly. Yes. And on that note, listeners. <laughs> Stop the conversation. I like to leave on a negative. <laughs> Darren the conversation killer. <laughs> so that is our views on uh, Spyfall Part 1. Join us uh, what we I hope will be next week for our views on Spyfall Part 2 to see if anything that we've talked about that potentially might be coming up actually happens chances are it won't realistically will chris chibnall you know continue to step up to the plate and finish off the story in style well we certainly all hope so will i get through an episode without swearing this will never happen (laughs) (laughs) will i actually be able to watch the episode (laughs) hopefully (laughs) bloody lazy woman i don't know why i let you in my tardis Oh, because you love me, Sixie, you love me. Oh, yeah. Yes, more from these two to come at some point, hopefully hopefully sometime this year. And my boobs. Uh, when I can get my hands on her badges mm. of mathematical excellence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For listeners who don't know what we're talking about, yeah. check out our version of The Twin Dilemma. <laughs> Believe us, it's no, so. wor- it's no worse than the original. <laughs> In fact, it's a considerable improvement. <laughs> It's a, dr- it's a drastic improvement. <laughs> so, so from all of us here, it's it's a very a very happy new year to you all, and we'll hopefully see you next week. So goodbye from me. Bye and me. Happy New Year. Bye. And goodbye from him. Oh, you stole my joke, you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, listeners. It's not often, all of Bye. <laughs> End of episode. Right, brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah.
So there you have it, listeners. That was our thoughts on Spyfall Part 1. What do we think of Spyfall Part 2? Well, all being well, we shall be back next week to give you our thoughts on that. And hopefully we'll continue to do so for the rest of the series. I'm not quite sure what the schedules for everybody is going to be yet. There is a chance we may have to double up on a couple of episodes and miss a week out. But we're going to try and do the entire series as it goes through. And hopefully by the time that finishes, we shall have something else lined up for you. Fingers crossed, eh? Until then, let's uh, hope to see you next week. Cheerio. like to get involved with Doctor Who's line is in any way, there's many different ways that you can do so. Obviously, we're always looking for cast members. So if you just fancy having a go, having a go at a bit of improv, the more people we can get involved, the better the chance of actually recording something and therefore producing new episodes for you to listen to. Uh, so you can reach us through Twitter, through Facebook, any one of us you can speak to, myself, Kat, Suki, Robin... Sue, any one of us, just let, let us know that you're interested and we'll get you in, on board and you can have a go. You can also, if you like, try your hand a bit of editing. My new job is taking up a lot of my time and therefore I'm not getting much of an opportunity to do much editing and I can't do much at the moment anyway because all the files are in the ether. But if we produce new stuff, it would be nice if somebody else would like to have a go at that. So you can do that. Obviously, if you fancy producing sound effects, music, ideas for plots, ideas for uh, characters, anything like that, we'd be more than grateful to receive them and we'll instigate anything that we can for you. And of course, it always helps to uh, boost our, our ratings, boost our public profile, if we can get likes and comments on things like iTunes. So if you've listened to the podcast and you like what you hear, just stick a few stars on it for us. Just write a little review. It would be very much appreciated. And if it gets us out there, more people hear us, more people might be interested in joining in. We might get more cast as a result of that. It keeps the podcast going. So any assistance you can give us in that direction would be very much appreciated. And as mentioned previously, we will be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. So until then... Cheerio. From all of us here on BBC One, a very good night. Good night.